Hi guys, Mitchell Adams here. This is Storytelling in Spandex. Unfortunately, due to the tragic, tragic, tragic death of Black Panther star Chadwick Boseman, we've had to change things up here, change up the scheduling. Originally, this episode was going to be me and several other guests talking about DC Fandome, but we've all agreed that we should save that conversation, that meeting, that podcast for a special tribute episode to Chadwick Boseman that will premiere next weekend. Sincerely hope that you'll join in. But today, this podcast, just going to be me solo talking about the amazing fun time that was DC Fandome and all the big moments of it. So I sincerely hope you won't be disappointed. Thanks, guys. Welcome to an informative and hilarious podcast hosted by Mitch Adams of Wrestle Royalty and Stephen Dickey from WOW, Women of Wrestling. In the worlds of comic book related media and pro wrestling, both tell stories, while everyone involved wears tight, colorful outfits that would make circus performers blush. Ladies and gentlemen, WrestleRoyalty.com and Harley Quinn Memes on Facebook proudly present Storytelling in Spandex. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Storytelling in Spandex. You know, as I said in the intro, this is going to be a bit of a different episode. Um, scheduling plans changed. They had to due to the tragic death, death of uh, Chadwick Bossman, the star of Black Panther. And as I said in the intro, next weekend, a special tribute episode of Storytelling in Spandex will be for him with some special guests. And I really hope you join in. But today, I'm going to be discussing solo. You know, unfortunately, Stephen Dickey has responsibilities with uh, where women of wrestling miss him. But I hope you won't be disappointed. It's just me talking. I, I don't think you will be because we're going to be discussing DC Fandome, the absolutely fantastic fan event that happened uh, last week. And I sincerely hope it's going to be fun, guys. Trust me. It was such a spectacular event, wasn't it, guys? It really was. Not to say it was run perfectly. There were some issues with the stream. I had to, I had to, um, had to refresh a couple of times. The most frustrating moment was during the Harley Quinn Q and A, where they had, uh, where they actually animated uh, a five-minute clip with Kaylee Coco voicing Harley Quinn. You know, the whole nine yards from you know the absolutely fantastic Harley Quinn animated series from DC. Universe and HBO Max. If you haven't seen it, please do. Uh, people overseas without HBO Max and DC Universe, you can catch it on Amazon Prime in most countries. Please check it out. It's an absolutely fantastic show. I, like I said, in the Q&A, I was really enjoying the Q&A and then the stream cut out halfway through. And I, by the time I got it back up, the Q&A was over. Very sad. But... I'll be able to watch the uncensored version in the second part of, of DC Fandome coming up in a couple of weeks. So I'm looking forward to that. But, you know, there's so much to cover in DC Fandome. You know, it was just such a fantastic event. I really tip my hat off to Warner Brothers in DC for getting it done. Absolutely fantastic. You know, I, I can't even begin to, to comprehend how much effort it must have taken to organise this whole thing because it was multiple people hosting the event in multiple different sound stages across the world, all being COVID safe, all keeping their distance. 
all performing in studios with green screen or in the homes with green screen or just in the homes via Zoom. It was just an absolutely fantastic event and I truly tipped my hat off. And the CGI that they used to, um, with the green screen to make it look like uh, actual dome, an actual arena, which was drawn by uh, the head of DC, Jim Lee, the legendary Jim Lee, writer and illustrator of many comics for Marvel and DC. It was just a fantastic event. Jim Lee showed up in multiple panels as well, which was fun. I could go on and on about just how great it was. And there's so much to cover. I mean, there were so many things from Titans uh, uh, panel, from uh, Doom Patrol panel, from, you know, the new Batwoman panel, the, uh, the, the people of color panel in, in DC fandom, you know, just so many things that so many wonderful things. And, and I can't cover them all, but I'm going to cover the main ones. And I'm, what I'm going to cover them, when I say I'm going to cover the main ones, I'm going to not really cover the panels because the panels are something you have to see for yourself. I'm going to cover, cover the big news at DC Fandom. So get ready, guys, because there is a lot to get through. But I sincerely hope you won't be disappointed. And I'm pretty sure you won't be because, let's be honest, it's some pretty cool stuff with some pro wrestling crossovers, which is what storytelling and spandex is all about. So let's get stuck into it, shall we? Here we go. Firstly... Wonder Woman 1984. We got the second trailer. And I really enjoyed the second trailer. I really enjoyed it. There are a couple of things that made me go, eh. You know, the, the first look of uh, Kristen Wiig in Cheetah in full CGI it looked a bit wonky. But, you know, with CGI, it's either really good or really bad. And this time it was, it was kind of bad. But who knows that they might work on it a bit more and it might look a bit better, but you know, earlier scenes with Kristen Wiig in leopard print uh, clothing, that looks really cool. I didn't buy Kristen Wiig as cheetah. When I first heard about the casting, I thought that she was the wrong person for the role. Don't get me wrong. She's a wonderful comedian and actually a very good act actor, but I just didn't see it. But then but then watching the trailer, my confidence has grown a fair bit. So we'll see what happens. Gal Gadot has always looked amazing. And Chris Pine was obviously hilarious. And obviously a lot of the theme of the film is going to be the fish out of water, fish out of time thing. Uh, in the first Wonder Woman film, that was uh, Diana Prince, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, you know, being in this brand new world, the real world of, you know, of patriarchy, of sexism, of war, of pestilence, and not really understanding the social uh, cues of, yeah, of how to act and how to behave and all that stuff. Uh, and it was it was very funny, and it's it's going to be interesting to see the the foot uh, the um the shoe on the other foot with Chris Pine. And already it was it was it was quite funny. I think a lot of the comedy in the film is going to come from Chris Pine. I'm really looking forward to it. The action sequences look pretty cool as well. I mean, there were a couple of really amazing action sequences. It's going to be a great film, guys. It really is. And I sincerely hope that this pandemic comes to an end sooner rather than later and we get to see it in cinemas. I don't think films like Wonder Woman and so many big budget films, you have to see those films in the cinema to really do them justice, in my opinion. I know there's a big debate going on right now about whether cinemas will be obsolete. I really hope that doesn't happen because I think 
big screens, big speakers, full surround sound. You can only get that in, in a cinema. And I sincerely hope that when this all when all this is over and we return to some semblance of normal, hopefully a better normal, um, in all in all many ways, that uh, cinemas are still around. I'll just you know, I'll just say that. But on to the second big announcement, the second big feature, the second big panel, the second big, well, not really a trailer, more like a preview, but the second big thing uh, from DC Fandome and our first pro wrestling crossover. Ooh, Black Adam. I have to give it up to The Rock. Apparently, The Rock had a lot to do, that, do with this, Dwayne Johnson. He commit. I don't know if it was DC or him or both him and DC, but the legendary uh, internet artist known as Boss Logic uh, was enlisted to create a motion comic book preview, trailer, whatever you want to call it, explaining the history of the Black Adam character for you know, not the most comic book savvy of people. And it looked absolutely phenomenal. And if that's the look and tone and feel and mythos that they're going for in the film, I think it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. And The Rocks genuinely seem to be very invested in it. He genuinely seemed to like he was excited to betray this character. And I'm gonna and it's gonna be very interesting to see him and, and Zachary Levi Shazam uh, interact in future films. That that will be interesting. All, all the all the one-liners that have come out of come out of uh, those two will be well, not really, probably not Black Adam, because Black Adam's not my for his humor, but it, it, will be, it will be very interesting. And yeah, Black Adam is, Black Adam was probably the one, one thing I was the least excited about, but it became the thing that, one of the things I'm most excited about. So, you know, it's going to be an absolutely fantastic film. And again, I hope this pandemic ends soon and Rock can begin filming it because it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. I have no doubt about it. Ah, now these are things I'm really excited about, ladies and gents. Ooh, this is gonna be good. Suicide Squad. We get two different Suicide Squads. Both the reboot, sequel, reimagining, whatever you wanna call it, film. And this wonderful video game that I'm not the biggest gamer. I'm not the biggest gamer, but I'm thinking about buying a new console after watching the preview for this. But I'll get to that later. Oh, and obviously both have pro wrestling crossovers. First one's obvious and the second one, it surprised even me. So it's going to be so much fun. Cool, dueling. Okay, Suicide Squad film. First up, James Gunn, online for Marvel. Bloke who did unbelievable, unbelievable things with Guardians of the Galaxy. A, a superhero team that only the hardest of hardcore comic book fans knew. And he turned them into $800 million making movies. And just absolutely hilarious and witty and action-packed. James Gunn is an absolutely per is I was going to say he's a perfect filmmaker. That, 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 would be, that would be going too far. Hitchcock is a perfect filmmaker. That's, ooh. But James Gunn is an absolutely wonderful filmmaker and I am so excited to see this. We got two, again, not really trailers. We got two different previews. The first, you know, introducing each member of the Suicide Squad team and it's a very large Suicide Squad team. And <laughs> the people they have, 
the weasel polka dot man. <laughs> they were really they really drummed the depths of DC lore with this version of Suicide Squad. Some characters that haven't been haven't appeared that obviously have never appeared on screen, but haven't even appeared in the comic books in like 20, 30 years. <laughs> but it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be so much fun. Oh man, I mean, and obviously my favourite character, Harley Quinn, played by Australia's own Margot Robbie, Pitch Perfect. Very comic book accurate costume. That that surprised me. If you've looked at the Suicide Squad comics, what uh, Margot Robbie's wearing, very comic book accurate. And with all the, you know, debating about, you know, the costuming and Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey, all of which we went, uh, myself and Rochelle Horton delved into in Storytelling in Spandex Episode 2. You can still uh, listen to that. Please do. It's, it's actually one of the better episodes we've done this season. I think, I don't think anybody's going to complain about the costume this time. I think the costume was dead perfect. And of course, Margot's perfect in the role anyway. John Cena, the first pro wrestling crossover. This is going to be interesting because John Cena, John Cena is the kind of person in wrestling and in movies you either love or you hate. There's very little middle middle ground, and it's quite hilarious that many of John Cena's detractors throughout his wrestling career, who called him Super Cena, the guy who never lost, you know, who uh, who only he who seemingly always overcame the odds and became quite boring to watch if you're an adult. As a kid, great. As an adult, quite boring. Hence, Super Cena. He was always compared to Superman. Is currently playing one of... not going to say one of the most controversial, but one of the most unlikable characters in comic books in Peacekeeper. And if you've ever looked up the history of that character, cool. You know, John... And you know what? John Cena... In some people don't have the best opinion of him uh, on a personal level in the professional wrestling industry. And I thought the description he gave of Peacekeeper was quite accurate. A douchey Captain America is what John Cena described him as. And if you listen to a few people in the professional wrestling industry, John Cena is quite douchey himself behind the scenes. So perhaps it was perfect casting. Perhaps it was kismet. Who knows? But it's going to be interesting to see. I think I'm going to enjoy this. By the way, douchey and douche, douchebag, my favourite American slang word. It's not used much in Australia, and I think we need to use it more here. I find it very useful. It's a very useful adjective <laughs> with multiple phrases and uses. Um, variations, I should say. And, you know, the whole film, you know, what we saw with Idris Elba in there as well, uh, Michael Rooker, you know, another Guardian of the Galaxies alum. It's going to be, I think it's going to be one of the best films of 2021. I'm just going to say, I think it's going to be one of the best films of 2021, comic book or otherwise, and I'm so looking forward to it. I seriously cannot wait for this film. It's just going to be absolutely amazing. You know, and that's, that was the first Suicide Squad. Well, first Suicide Squad announcement first suicide squad variation universe it's 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 a whole universe guys it's a multiverse marvel has the mcu one cinematic universe and dc has the multiverse 
All you have to do is watch the wonderful uh, crisis on Infinite Earths crossover on the CW or Fox 8 here in Australia. I don't know where it airs everywhere else, but it, it, and it shows that was really, as we've said multiple times here on Storytelling and Spandex, that was DC flipping the bird at Marvel saying, you've got one cinematic universe, we've got dozens. And each one is as good as the other. So it should be interesting. But, you know, this, uh, the second iteration of Suicide Squad we're going to focus on is this wonderful, this really cool video game. I mean, this trailer blew me away. I, as I said, I'm not a big gamer. I did uh, have an, an Xbox One and an Xbox 360. Both of those broke down eventually after a couple of, after a couple, after a couple of months and really irked me because I spent a lot of money on them. But, you know, the games I did play on them, I thoroughly enjoyed. I, and the games I enjoyed most were uh, the WWE games, whether it be uh, 2K or, or just, I forget what the previous, I think it was just called just 13, 14, 15, whatever. Oh, when SmackDown versus Raw, they were they were quite good as well. I should I should point those out. And the second lots of games I really enjoyed playing were Batman Arkham games, the wonderful Arkham games. Those games revolutionised gaming, and that's coming from a non-big gamer. And I don't think that's a controversial statement. They absolutely were phenomenal, and they were just phenomenal. And this game is apparently a sequel to it. And if you haven't seen the trailer, I strongly suggest you do. The graphics were phenomenal. This is obviously meant for next-gen consoles. This is obviously meant for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Cube. I, forgive me. I, as I said, I'm not a gamer. I don't know what the new Xbox is called. But whatever the new Xbox is called, uh, it's, a next -gen, it's, it's the next-gen console. The graphics were sensational. Absolutely sensational. I cannot put over put this over enough. Sensational. And the hilarious trailer. We know we opened with Brainiac spaceship clearly parked in Metropolis. An invasion is happening. And you hear you hear the war. You hear war on you no know, an earpiece, on you know, audio saying, where's my sit rep? What's happening down here? What's going on? And we hear Harley Quinn saying, I'm going in. And instead of, you know, seeing a big action pack sequence, we see Harley Quinn's hand on the wall ledge, roof ledge, I should say, finger walking over to a pizza. Pizza gets shot away. And Harley Quinn saying, Task Force Guess has lost, lost the target. <laughs> And that set the time for the entire trailer. And I, it was just absolutely hilarious. The voice cast, the only, the only member we actually know of is, of course, playing Harley Quinn, the amazing Tara, Tara Strong, who has voiced, oh, not just in video games, but litany of cartoons, Rugrats, Fairly Odd Parents, millions more that I can't, I can't just millions more. And she's a great voice actor. Don't get me wrong. She's an amazing voice actor. One of the best, literally a legend in the voice acting game, in cartoons and in video games. But I've never liked her Harley Quinn. Forgive me if that's a controversial statement. 
but I've never lied to Harley Quinn. Sorry to say that. I never liked her and uh, I think her first appearance was uh, Arkham City as Harley Quinn. Had a different uh, voice actor playing Harley Quinn in the first Arkham game, Arkham Asylum. I don't know why, but she dropped out and I wish she had returned, but they replaced her with Tara Strong. I just don't, I just don't like her Harley Quinn voice. It's not quite there. It seems erratic. Not, not erratic, because Harley Quinn's erratic. That's why we love her. But it seemed uneven. It just didn't seem right. It doesn't sound right. But apart from that, I really enjoyed the, enjoyed the trailer. And I, the Captain Boomerang, as an Australian, I have mixed feelings about the Captain Boomerang character. But, you know, Jai Courtney, he did an amazing job in the first Suicide Squad film. He's, I can tell he's going to do an even better job in the new one. Rumor has it he's got an even bigger role in, in the second one. But it's it couldn't be more obvious that it's a British voice actor portraying an Australian. And the accent is thick as anything. <laughs> but you know what? It could be worse. If they had an American voice actor do it, it would have been far worse. So I shouldn't complain too much. I don't know who's doing the voice for Deadshot. Those details aren't available. But he does a very good job of it, whoever he is. And you know what? The next pro wrestling crossover that we have to talk about, and this one absolutely shocked me, voicing King Shark himself, Samoa Joe of WWE, and previously of Impact Wrestling and Ring of Honor. I was shocked when I heard that. When I, when I was watching the trailer, I thought I'd perhaps recognize the voice, because Samoa Joe has been doing commentary for WWE Raw. But I didn't spot it until it came out about two, three days later that Samoa Joe was voicing King Shark. That's absolutely incredible. That's amazing. That's so much fun. Anyone who's known the King Shark character, he's vicious, but also a little bit naive. Anyone who's ever known Samoa Joe in the wrestling ring, he's vicious, but he ain't naive. So, Listening him to him trying to play naive was interesting. But you know what? It worked. He seems like he's actually a pretty decent actor. So who knows? Perhaps I'll, perhaps I'll make a go of it. And, you know, the end of the trailer with Superman, obviously, brainwashed by Brainiac, that's going to be Suicide Squad versus Justice League. That's pretty cool. That's, that's the official name of the game. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. That's going to be so much fun. Like I said, I may have to buy a console. I might have to buy a new console and play that sucker. In the budget for 2022. <laughs> ah, now we get to the main event of the evening. When Robert Pattinson of Twilight fame was announced to play Bruce Wayne Batman. It caused a lot of controversy. I was one of those people who wasn't quite sure. Even though I had followed, hadn't really followed him post-Twilight, no, I had followed him post-Twilight. What I mean to say, please forgive me, is that I didn't really watch the Twilight films, but 
his film work after Twilight. It's actually very impressive. Coralanius by David Cronenberg. Sensational film. Oscar worthy. Why it wasn't nominated for Oscars, I'll never know. It's an absolutely fantastic film and very current today. Very current today. You know, it was made in time of the Occupy Wall Street movement. But with everything going on today with, you know, pandemic, economic ruin, and yet the stock market keep going up and up and up. Very, very telling. I would highly recommend you watch that film. He made a film, a wonderful film in Australia called The Rover with Guy Pearce. Phenomenal. He's in Christopher Nolan's Tenet, another Batman alum. Tenet is said, is, has rave reviews. I haven't seen it yet. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Rave reviews. And of course, The Lighthouse. I did see The Lighthouse. Dark, complex, wonderful film. And now we get to see him portray Bruce Wayne Batman. And I have to say, the trailer blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. I was shocked because because even with all the amazing film work he's done since since Twilight, I wasn't sure he could do Bruce Wayne Batman. But I reckon he's going to kill it. No, hang on. I have to put a caveat on that. I'm afraid he's clearly going to kill it as Batman, as Bruce Wayne. No, I'm not too sure. You know, the parts of him playing Bruce Wayne. Without the cow. He he does look like a bit of an emo. There was a joke uh, about, you know, br- uh, a joke online, a meme, I should say, where they said, uh, looking at Robert Patterson's Batman, it's clear that Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne's father took him out to the city to see a marching band. A reference to the My Chemical Romance song. But that being said, it looks phenomenal. The look and tone of the film looks sensational. I think they're going for an R rating. An R rating in America, an MA rating in Australia. I don't know what the British rating is or ratings elsewhere. But if they go for an R rating in America, that's going to be a game changer because we'll get to see Batman in his most brutal, his most savage, his most troubled. This is a Batman truest form from comics from 1980s to now. And it's gonna be sensational. It's going to be absolutely sensational, I think. And the rest of the cast looks amazing. Paul Dini voicing the Riddler throughout the whole thing. Um, Obviously, I think that was him with the duct tape. Uh, Zoe, uh, Zoe Kravitz, we got to see a Catwoman. Not quite full Catwoman yet. Not Didn't quite wear the cat suit. That's going to be interesting what the cat suit looks like. But, you know, early days of Catwoman with just a, a black clothes and a, and a mask. Uh, the new Commissioner Gordon, he looks the part. And all that prosthetics of Colin Farrell playing Penguin, all those prosthetics... Holy dooly, he looks nothing like himself. Well done to the makeup department, I have to say. 
It just looks absolutely... I keep saying sensational. I keep saying phenomenal. But these DC and Warner Brothers had me glued to my computer screen for 12 hours. It was that good. It was that fun, guys. It was absolutely sensational. I enjoyed every bit of it. I genuinely did. I can't wait for part two coming up in a couple of weeks. But the biggest thing in the Batman trailer that's, that struck me, and this is the thing that, it's funny how people talk, talk up one thing, but completely ignore another. The sequence where Batman beats the tar out of, about, uh, beats the, just destroys a thug, like viciously destroys him physically. You know, breaks his arm, punches him a bunch of times, knocks him to the ground. And when he's on the ground, already out, he hits him about five or six more times. Vicious, brutal, savage. And says, I am vengeance. After, after the person, the thug, asked him who he was. Everyone thought he was going to say, I am Batman, obviously. But no, let's, let's switch gears. And he brought back, you know, the classic line, I am vengeance, I am the knight, I am Batman. But he just went with, I am vengeance. Pretty badass line. But the, which is why everyone's focusing about it. Focusing on it, I should say. But the thing that struck me, the thing that got my attention, and this is something nobody's talking about, that thug and all the thugs behind him were wearing pale white makeup with a black makeup smile. Now, who does that remind you of? Could. Now, this is just me guessing here, me speculating, but could, could it be that Todd Phillips, who directed The Joker, could it be that Joaquin Phoenix, the second individual to win an Oscar for betraying The Joker, be in The Batman? Now, I know what you're going to say. The, Bat, uh, the Joker... The wonderful Top Phillips film was set in the 1980s. And this is apparently set in one times. So this will be 35 years into the future. However, could it be a fib that it's set in one times? Think about it. I don't really see a lot of self. I don't really see any modern self mobile phones. I said cell phones because that's what Americans say, but it's mobile phones here. I haven't seen any modern mobile, mobile phones. Everything looked dark and dingy. It looked like a city from the 90s or the 2000s. It, couldn't, it, it could quite possibly be that the Bruce Wayne, who we saw visited by the Joker before, he, before his transformation in the film, whose parents were murdered in Crime Alley during the Joker riots. That could be Robert Patterson's Batman. Think about it, guys. It could very well be. I know they keep saying it's not the same world, it's not the same world, it's not the same world, it's not the same universe, I should say. This is set in a different timeline, another Earth, one of the many of infinites in the DC multiverse. But imagine 
the reaction, the pop, I should say, to put it in pro wrestling terminology. If a slightly older 10, 15 years were made up, I should say, a slightly older made up Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker makes an appearance at some point in Matt Reeves' The Batman and confronts Robert Pattinson's Batman. The world would end. The world would explode. If I were DC Entertainment and Warner Brothers, I would consider doing this. Only 25% of the film has been, has been shot due to the pandemic. They're just getting back to filming in October. Still time to make that adjustment. Still time to put the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, in this world that Matt Reeves is building. If you ask me, he looks like he'll fit perfectly. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? And that's where I'll leave you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this special solo edition of Storytelling in Spandex. I sincerely hope you've enjoyed it. And obviously, next Saturday, uh, I'm not just going to be by my lights in this time. I'm going to be talking to others and we're going to be discussing the life, the career and the legacy of Black Panther star Chadwick Bosman. Thank you very much for listening. Take care. Have a great day.